bum bum bottom 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 bum
playing as much a character in Madness in the Method as he is in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Right. But I don't think we should go too much further into the details of the plot. Let's jump into the conversation. We'll meet you back on the other side. Uh, You should know that we recorded this, like I said, in his hotel suite, but we recorded it on his balcony overlooking the marina. So you'll hear some air. The audio quality is not as strong as it would be if he was sitting here in the love nest. Uh, But what are you going to do? It's a really cool conversation. You're going to have a good time with it. Yeah. Jake, this is Lisa and Brad. Hi, Hi. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, bro. You you guys can sit down. I don't know. Is it just is this song? Is it just talk? No video. Uh, yeah, no video. This is just audio. Because I know yesterday we tried to like do this way. This is gorgeous. But the sun was. You can come out here. The sun was too bright for the camera, so we had. I don't. How about you two sit, and then we'll put the audio right between the yeah, two. Yeah, Brad. I've blown out my voice. Brad has laryngitis, so he's going to be my silent bomb. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you record and I'll record. Okay. Should I put it here? Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Gorgeous. Alrighty. I want to start by saying we super enjoyed the movie. Oh, thank you. I thank thought you. the fact that you could keep the silliness and still go super dark, um, there is a lot about the movie to think about mm-hmm. and talk about, so I'm really excited awesome. to really get into it. I hope it's okay. I'm sorry, is that Veronica Mars? It is. Uh, uh, the Veronica Mars panel was today. I know, and they're on the boat. When I was leaving, uh, they were doing the panel with Kevin. And not panel, but yeah, getting the, interviewed on the boat. Yeah. I'm so excited. I didn't even know it was coming back till I was like, literally four days ago, five days ago, it was a big billboard on Sunset. Uh-huh. I was like, called, drove my wife up. I was like, oh my God. She's like, I know. Did I you like, Did you watch the Kickstarter movie? Yes. You did? I've watched all of it. I, I'm current. I didn't read the books. I didn't know they had books. Oh, yeah. Someone on the boat was saying there was two books in between... I've read the books, I haven't watched the movie, and it's because I thought that when I watched the movie it was going to be over, yeah, <laughs> so I, I was just kind away. of delaying that, I but now it. that I know that there's going, they're coming back, then but, I'll finally but is, watch does it. does the books, uh, so then, if the books were after the movie, correct, so were the books They were just sort of... new, they were new mysteries, that's, okay, that's then, it, and it's the same kind of vibe, yeah. Okay, okay, I didn't know if you skipping the movie then reading the books sort of ruined anything from me. I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Brad and I watched the film as a screener in our hotel room. Cool. But as we were watching it, we were going, this would be amazing with a crowd. So you've already done one screening Last here, night, right? Yeah. How did it go? It was good. It was good. It was a smaller theater, but it was, I mean, again, I, people said good things. Excuse me. I, I just don't ever know because I feel maybe it's my me being insecure, but... People were there, said good things after the fact, and took pictures and stuff, but I always wonder, would anyone come up and go, dude, I fucking hated it. I guess someone would, but one out of 20 people might say, fuck, this movie sucks, I can't believe you wasted my time. I guess the people who left who didn't say anything might have hated it, 
But there, I think most people stopped and said, but it was good. It was cool to see. It was, but it's they laughed in good spots where I thought they would laugh. They laughed in spots I thought they, I didn't know they'd laugh and, and all that. So it was good. But the film also leaves a person with a lot to process because it's this whole meta, um, surreal kind of story that feels intimate to your life, yeah. right? It uses some of your origin story to create the character of Jay in this yes. film. So I think that, it, like, I find myself going like, now I want to ask super personal questions of yeah. you. And um, so do you think that that would influence a, a reaction that someone would give you directly? What do you mean? Would uh, them watching it and feeling the way you feel with it? Like, uh, okay, let's let's just get it, it into the question. Yes. So, where did the germ of this film start? And um, what's your relationship to the two writers, Chris Anastasia and Dominic Burns? So, uh, it started because Dominic Burns was doing a movie, uh, we did a movie, well he was doing a movie and asked me if I'd come be part of it and play in London called Devil's Tower. Um, and he was a producer on that. Um, and so when we were, I was out there, I did the movie, um, and it was, again, it was a little bit different, but it was still that sort of slapsticky guy and, uh, you know, character that I usually play, a version of that. Um, and then so when we were done, I stayed there for a few days and did some sightseeing and spent time with Dominic. And Dominic was like, hey, what, what other things would you like to do? Like, what, what besides playing this character and acting and stuff, like, what, that, this character, what else would you like to do? And I was trying, I explained that I really, really was interested in directing. Um, and also, I would love to play, like, challenge myself and play, like, sort of a, uh, you know, like a Hannibal Lecter is always the way I explain it. Like, if, if it was, like... Like, I would love to do, and again, now I'm older, this was, it, when we talked, it was like a few years back, um, I just told them, like, if they were doing a 40-year-old um, version of Hannibal Lecter before the movies, and they needed a different person, I said I would like to play something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that makes sense, but, it you does. know, American Psycho, just something, or even a cop. I've always wanted to play, like, a Columbo, or like a... You know, detective from like you know Luther. I don't know if you see yeah. that show Luther. Something like that, like a badass sort of cop, detective, whatever. Um, so I was explaining all that to him. We hung out over a couple days and stuff, and he was like, "Dude, I really uh, like. I feel like I, I have an idea somewhat, of, and I'd love to try to write something for you in, in playing a character like that because he's a writer as well." Right. So I didn't hear from him. I went home a couple months later. He wrote back. He wrote me and said, "Hey, I hope you don't mind. I did like a rough, rough draft idea of a script. And what do you think?" So I read it, and it was a version of this, but as different characters and a little bit darker. Um, and then I was like, "Well, how about I play myself, and then we do this?" And so him and I went back and forth, back and forth. He was the writer, but he jumped on. I hadn't met Crystal after. Okay. But him and Chris are friends and written stuff before, and so him and Chris started writing, sent it to me, I would give him ideas and notes or whatever, and then they rewrite it and rewrite it. So we went back and forth for a little bit, and then um, and then I didn't, I literally, like, we got it to a good place, and I was like, the script's awesome, and he's like, 
dude, I think we can make this movie. And I was like, well, I don't know anyone with money to make this movie. Um, and he's like, no, seriously. And so I didn't, uh, he was like, I'm going to try. And then I didn't, literally didn't hear from him for like five months. And I just thought he got another producing job, a directing job. And he just forgot about it. And I went on with my life. And then one day he called me up and he was like, bro, he's like, I found these financiers. They love this script. They really want to make this movie. And I was like, well, do you think I can direct it? Like, I really want to direct it. It's like my story and all that. And so he went back and forth with them. And they're like, well, you know, he doesn't have experience, but, but. And, uh, and in the end, they finally came back. This long way of saying, like, they finally came back, these financiers. They put the money up to make the movie, and they, they said I could direct it. Um, and we, we started making plans for our shooting and who, who we want to get in there. And we started reaching out to people. We didn't have a lot of money, but it was really awesome because everyone, we re not everyone, but most people we reached out to, they didn't answer. Um, like we just couldn't get a hold of some people. Some people were out of town and busy, and then the people that are in the movie, it was really sweet because it wasn't like they were getting paid their normal whatever their. I, I don't know everyone's fee, but I'm assuming everyone got gets paid more than they got paid on this movie for the norm. I, like I know Danny Trejo gets paid more than what he does for a day of being in the movie, um, but him and I are friends, and so we reached out to Danny, Casper Van Dien, Dean. Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher and all that. So it was really awesome. All the people were like, hey, we want to be part of, of Muse's, um, you know, directing debut. So I find it fascinating that the script started without you as a character and then you were the one to infuse yourself into the script. You know, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think that's we, it, like yeah, no, inspiration. It was, it was, it was cool. It was, again, we, it, again, I, I feel like I did, I, <coughs> excuse me, I had the ideas I did. I tried, it was, it was actually tougher than I expected, not to necessarily direct, but to try to direct and, and really focus on doing things and also being like, all right, I have to go get hair and makeup. And mm -hmm. I have to memorize this dialogue. I had to make sure I memorize it all. So it was, uh, you know, juggling the two was definitely, um, uh, it was it was an experience and it was definitely a little tougher than I expected. Because I'd love, I would love to, my idea when I thought I'd direct is to totally focus on on, on visually how it would look and, and the acting and all that, but also being part of every process, like editing and, Excuse me, and uh, sound and everything, songs, picking every single song and all that. And I really just didn't have the, the freedom to do that because it was in London and the financiers were in London and the editors and stuff. So again, I, I got to approve everything and see everything, but I didn't get to really dive into it because I was acting and doing that. And afterwards, it was in London and we started shooting, getting ready for Jay and Song Bob reboot. And, all that. So again, I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, you were looking forward but, to really getting your hands yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the only doubt. I guess my reason I mention that is because I'm just saying that's. I'm very happy with it, and I'm and I really enjoyed it. But the only downside is I would have liked to got my hands a little bit dirtier. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, there are two really fascinating timestamps in this film. And one is that Kevin Smith was still fat, and two, Stan Lee was still alive, which to me just makes this film also just such a beautiful time capsule in yeah, a way. Yeah. No, it, it's, I'm very excited about the, 
about the whole and it's funny you said because I was thinking last night Kevin's wearing his jersey too like he's in the new mode of he goes through these phases where it's all these one shirts and then it was only jerseys and shorts and now it's blazers and you know so um, but yes Kevin has his jersey on but Stan like it's just so amazing because again like we we didn't think it would take this long uh, to get things going and finish but there were some hiccups with editing and and the CGI and stuff like we had these editors and then they couldn't finish it because something came happened with their family something so we had to move over so again I thought like wow I didn't think that we'd not only get Stan and he'd be in it but A we didn't know he'd pass of course but I thought like my movie would come out and then Avengers or Spider-Man he'd be in Spider-Man or what Captain Marvel would come out after but like now that Captain Marvel's out and Spider-Man's out he's not in that and all that like I literally think it, uh, it might be the last movie he's ever been in and, and you hear, hear what he says he says like well you know he does his quotes and stuff and almost saying like farewell man it's really I think there's a beautiful yeah. synchronicity that you're debuting this movie at Comic-Con yeah. and Stan Lee is like the patron saint of yeah. Comic-Con so I, I think it's beautiful yeah it's uh, we got really lucky with with the whole Comic-Con, being able to play it here and, and, um, and you know, people getting to see it and, and talking about it even here at Comic-Con of all places because, um, I mean, yeah, it's just besides him, it's like we've been coming here for years and mm -hmm. this is like usually where we make all, and again, usually it's Kevin's announcements and or ours, like, you know, a couple of years ago it was our video game and app and, you know, our tour with our Get Old show and, our cartoon groovy movie like it's it's or Kevin's doing something else even that has nothing to do with me but every year it's like Kevin and I or him have easy start our whole year like this whole from now until next Comic-Con this is what we're doing yeah and this sort of the launch pad of, of uh, our stuff and so for me to get to do my movie here is yes it was awesome it is awesome I mean how is Kevin Smith with the tables turned and you directing him? He, uh, you know, he had fun with it. He felt that I was, uh, you know, we, we joked a, a few times about me being like, do it again, do it again. Mm -hmm. Because again, he would do a take and you do one or two takes <clears throat> and he did a great job. But, you know, I joked a few times and I was like, you know, I think we need to get that one more time just to have fun with him. But it, I think he enjoyed it. I think he really... For him, and again, he'd be able to <clears throat> explain it better from his perspective. But he, you know, I've heard him say like it felt nice for him to see me, someone we've known each other forever, and and uh, you know, there's been definitely times where he's, uh, you know, not, it, so I was sort of like you know a screw up or a little brother that he had to help out and mm -hmm. stuff, and now I'm like. We're like business partners, and now I get to, um, he got to be in my movie, and he said it's really, you know, it's that really is, been nice for him, so. Well, I think that there is something to, like, childhood friends, like, you, when you know each other as young people, it's hard, it's hard to see the other person any other way. Yeah, um, exactly. And he's also kind of the villain, I think, of this film, in my interpretation. Yeah. And and it comes from that, that kind of limitation of, Perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in the film, the main theme is you battling people's expectations 
but they want to see you do that same character they they've loved so much yeah. and you but you still want to grow and and stay relevant and is is that something that manifests in your life and how was it translating that feeling into film um i definitely i think that it, it, at moments it felt like um again and going back to the kevin thing like even though it's an alternate version of everybody's real, like Kevin isn't playing 100% who Kevin is and myself and Brian and all that stuff. Um, but it's still there is, you know, for a moment, like when we did that scene behind, uh, when we were supposed to be behind the, uh, we're getting the Get Old show. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about the movies and me doing my thing and him not having faith in me playing the main character. Um, it, it, you know, it's like it wasn't, that isn't true. Like, I don't think Kevin doesn't have confidence in me, but, um, you know, even saying it was sort of weird. But um, I, I, overall, like, the movie stems from, it, yes, I don't, I think I've, I've been lucky enough that over time people have given me, like, I just did a movie, I, I didn't just do it, but I had done a movie, K11, where I play a real, it's a real dark movie, and, and uh, these guys, people in prison, and I'm a prisoner, and, and I'm uh, selling drugs in there and stuff, but not like the goofy Jay, it's right. like really different. Um, and I was in a movie, Last Godfather, and um, another movie, Zombie Hamlet, where I play an actor playing um, an actor who's playing Hamlet, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think in the beginning for a year, like, you know, the for definitely, Jay, uh, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy era, there was mainly people offering me the roles, and they still do see me somewhat as that. And, you know, when I try to go out for parts in, in, in TV shows or whatever, if people haven't seen more recent things, which as of late, it's been even more things with the Get Old show and our touring and uh, me streaming or what have you. For a while, I, people didn't see me for like two years because I disappeared with uh, having issues with drugs and stuff. So when I came back and we were reaching out to people, I'd be like, does he still have long hair? Is his hair short? You know, uh, so again, I don't think that people, I, I think there it was like 50-50. It wasn't as extreme as in the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, uh, it was a small piece. It was like so. a manifestation of an insecurity. Yes, yes. I mean, you really explain things a lot better than uh, No, you're doing amazing. Yeah, but you're like manifestations of the germ of how the movie manifestation. Well, me talking like that it. is I a manifestation <laughs> of my insecurity. No, so. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm just saying it makes it sound way better than, <laughs> than how I make it sound. Have you watched that show? On uh, DC, oh, I know. Yeah. DC, I cannot believe they're doing, I mean, Doom Patrol, Titans, it's like, the, it's just, I love where we are now. I, isn't it and, exciting? Like, uh, like, with TV and movies and, like, even now, it's like, we've been coming 97, it's like, you want to look out and see this, like, I mean, I remember even in the beginning, and I know this is such a, I don't want to say it's a, I guess it's not too sexual whatever but I remember like coming here and it'd be like guys 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 you'd see four or five girls dressed cosplayers and they were like girlfriends up front guys they didn't even like comics now it's like like girls older people young kids like 
you know, it's every everybody now like really understands comics, pop culture, and everything. It's amazing. It's I think joy. like yeah. I don't think that people really appreciate what a gauntlet it was to be a nerd in the '80s versus being a nerd in the yeah. early aughts. Yeah. Like it's it's really a different place. It really is. And props, mad props. Um, so without giving away too much about the movie, because I want people to see it, I want them to experience yeah. it, but um, what is going method to you in the context of this film? Like, in comparison to, there's another character that is going method, that uh, Danny Trejo, yeah, yeah. who you mentioned before. What was the difference between his going method versus your character's going method? Um, again, I'm in a deep question. What, <clears throat> I mean, what do you mean? How do I feel in real life about it or about my character? You're saying the character went, okay. went uh, method. Again, I think he read the book. He's trying to understand that he's really trying to um, really feel what, it, you know, it's like taking experiences from life and really trying to um, show them and, and use them in what you're going to be doing or what have you. And, but there's also like that um, kind of drug metaphor going along with it, like you can't do it too quickly and it takes your character yes. to a real dark place. Yes. Yes, the whole book, and again, it's almost like the book is in a sense that is like magical, if you will, and, and uh, but it is, it is like the yeah, it's like if you suck it in too much you're going to go get deep into it. But again, it was just part of the I don't know, I think it's part of the fun, and again, I guess it does relate back to me and drugs and, and my uh, addictive behavior and all that stuff. But again, I, I, I feel like it, it starts off, um, you know, it, it's supposed to be fun because I didn't want to go straight into, like, me just... And again, I did want to, but again, I wanted to play, being that I was directing and, and we're taking it, I wanted to play to my strengths mm -hmm. of, like... Me, like I killed somebody by accident, and it's me. It's like in my, even though part of me wanted to make it to where like I ran the dude over. Again, we're giving stuff away. Spoilers. Well, we'll but, tell them to yeah, watch the movie first. Yeah, spoilers. But uh, you know, it's like I the first death is a is an accident. Right. It literally is an accident. Um, but you know, and then it, it progresses from there. But um, you know, part of me wanted to make it to where like I did just go on a spree, killing spree, but then we went back with like back and forth, like well it would be fun if it was me and and for the alternate me and, and what it, we don't wanna make people dislike the character right off like being like, Oh, this dude's an asshole, he's going around killing people and choking them out. So um, but yeah, I, I mean again I think everyone has their own version. I think I try I, I think in real life too I've tried to really take things like I feel like if you're gonna cry or laugh like you really have to take something and experience for me personally I know some people can cry on cue and um, laugh on cue I have trouble laughing believe it or not um, I'll tell a last story and then we can go because I can see them cutting us off <laughs> dogma um, we, I, when I say holy bartender I get it and I'm supposed to laugh I'm really bad at fake laughing for some reason, and I try to think of things and go method of, of what's funny and like what's gonna make me laugh. But I just have trouble with it for some reason. And we were, we were sitting there and we were rolling, and I was like, oh, holy bartender, I get it, ha ha ha. And Kevin's like, dude, that's horrible laugh. Like, we gotta do it again. So we did it again, and the laugh sucked. And Kevin's like, bro, like seriously, but we gotta do another one. And, and you know, when you got people holding booms and working and stuff, 
it's like people are there to work and, and enjoy themselves, but if you're doing something over and over and it's not getting done, people start getting aggravated, especially the other actors, because they're like, dude, I just spit this whole monologue out, now I gotta do it again because you can't get this. So like I started feeling the pressure from everyone around me, and Kevin's like, dude, I'm just gonna roll it until you get a good laugh out. And I tried, and it sucked, and it, I more pressure, so I got it got worse instead of better. So then finally, I would just sit there and I tried to think and think and think of something that was funny to try to make me laugh, and I couldn't. But then it was so quiet, and everyone was so quiet and waiting and staring at me, and I had gas, and I farted, <laughs> and it was so loud and rumbly and gross that it made me laugh, and we got the laugh because of that. So. I guess that is me in real life going method. I love it. Clearly from God. Thank you so much. <laughs> I thought this you. was wonderful. No, you're great. That's Thanks. awesome. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you guys, bro. I hope your voice sounds better. Oh, thank you. Only day two, man. He's hardcore. I know. I mean, He's not here to mess around. He is comic Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. And there you have it, our conversation with Jason Mewes. Pretty surreal, Lisa. Crazy. What was your favorite part? It seems kind of uh, self-serving or something. I'm not sure. But when uh, I use the phrase uh, manifestation of an insecurity, <laughs> yeah, and he goes like, you're explaining it like way better than me, like using all of these big words like manifestation and germ, and... I use that as an opportunity to bond with him. And I say, my talking like that is just a manifestation of my insecurity. I thought that we had a little bonding moment there. Yeah, and you got a hug at the end. I did. He seemed he seemed to like to like me. That's you, nice. You know, I came away with that conversation and you know, I'm looking at the Legos on the table and I'm uh, we're, we're talking about Swamp Thing and Veronica Mars novels and I I just came with like this guy is so in his element, you know, through his friendship with Kevin Smith and the creation of Jay and Silent Bob, they 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 built this community around him, the View Askew universe and its fans, and it's allowed him to operate within a place like Comic-Con, like royalty, but he's just like, like he's never lost the geek. He's never mm -hmm. lost who he was back in Jersey. You know, he had some struggles with drugs as he made allusions to, but he's gone through it. He's a father now. After this conversation, that night we went to Hall H, we saw the Marvel panel, we saw Mahershala Ali named Blade, that was amazing. And then we stuck around for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot panel, hosted by Kevin Smith primarily, but watching Jay up there, like, He's in his element, you know, like it's you so can, cool. And you see how as as friends and as um, people who work together, how they complement each other. Because Kevin, if you've ever listened to him, he is like wild tangent man. Yeah, and he, he runs on. He can go on a tangent for like 20 minutes. But every time he was like, where was I? Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes was on top of it. And he could always get. Kevin back on track because I think that Jason Muse in his heart is like really listening and is really engaged in a conversation. 
So listeners, I hope you had a good time with this chat. If you like this kind of conversation, please head on over to our sister podcast, In the Mouth of Darkness, to the ItMod Chatcast feed, where we have conversations like this with a variety of filmmakers. Uh, the week before Jason, we talked to Larry Fessenden, the legendary independent filmmaker. We've talked to Grady Hendrix of Paperbacks from Hell. We've had Emilio Estevez on the podcast. We've had Mark Duplass on the podcast. We've had Ray Romano on the podcast. Lots of crazy, crazy people have joined us on ItMod Chatcast, and we could use some CBCC listeners over at the ItMod Chatcast feed. So please join up there. Now, next week, we're going to return to our regularly scheduled program. We're discussing, we're coming to the conclusion of our conversation surrounding Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson. We talked about One More Day last week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Red-Headed Stranger. And we'll be closing out. We'll be giving the official word on whether Peter and MJ belong together. Yes. So... In the meantime, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you, Brad? You can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. Please send us an email, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. Lisa, how about you? Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation towards your direction? I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram and Twitter. And you can commit to this podcast by following us on Instagram and Twitter at CBCC Podcast, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. And while you're on the little iTunes page, why not give us the gift of five stars and a super complimentary review? It would be super appreciated. And until next time, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy. <laughs>